This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. first place that we get this peace is peace in a troubled world. The world is far from perfect. You wonder, can we be safe anywhere? It's scary. This is a very troubled world out there. We're afraid to send our kids anywhere uh, by themselves anymore, and rightly so. But see, this peace in a troubled world is a promise from God, from the Lord. The Bible differentiates between two major kinds of peace. One is peace with God. Peace with God. This isn't negotiated. Wouldn't it be great if we could find peace in this troubled world? Everyone wants it, right? Everyone advocates for it. Everyone believes in it. So then, why isn't it here? Well, there's a more important peace that you can find. More important than peace with yourself, peace with your neighbor, or peace in the world. It's peace with God. Today, Pastor Troy shares from the words of Jesus, the only genuine peace that you can find, the only peace that can never be taken away from you, a peace guaranteed by Jesus himself. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 14 as he begins his message, My Peace I Give to You. The title today is My Peace I Give to You. Of course, that's Jesus, Jesus' peace. You know, we have an abundance in this country. But with all of the abundance that we have in this country, most, most still don't live the abundant, peaceful life that Jesus promised. He promised it, but we're not living it. We have a lot, but we're not living it. See, peace is the most sought-after experience by far, peace. More than money, more than fame, more than power, more than status, people want peace. In fact, that's the idea behind live and let live. I don't want to feel the weight of your conviction. I don't want someone else telling me right and wrong or making me feel bad. I just want to be at peace. You see the bumper stickers and the world wants it. Over 8,000 major peace treaties have been signed and ultimately broken in efforts to try to gain peace. We want peace. The Bible speaks about peace. Over 390 times the Bible addresses peace or speaks of peace. In fact, the book of Isaiah in chapter 9, the promised Messiah is described. Remember what he's called in Isaiah 9? He's called the Prince of what? Peace. Because the Lord knows that that's such an important desire for us, peace. Now what's ironic is that many want peace in the world, They search for peace. They even have bumper stickers that say, hey, can't we just coexist? Can't we all just get along? But the problem is they want nothing to do with the Prince of Peace. Jesus has given peace to his believers. The world, they're searching for it. But the believer just needs to walk in it. 
It's given. It's not earned, it's given. So we want to find out, we want to look at three places where peace can really be very elusive and yet where we're promised peace. Verse 27, we read, Jesus speaking, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The first place that we get this peace is peace in a troubled world. The world is far from perfect. You wonder, can we be safe anywhere? It's scary. This is a very troubled world out there. We're afraid to send our kids anywhere uh, by themselves anymore, and rightly so. But see, this peace in a troubled world is a promise from God, from the Lord. The Bible differentiates between two major kinds of peace. One is peace with God. Peace with God. This isn't negotiated. You don't negotiate this peace. There was a movie, Forrest Gump, where the guy argued and shook his fist at God and finally said, well, we came to terms of peace. No, that's not how it works. You don't negotiate peace with God. You surrender. Then there's peace with God. You will never have peace with him in areas of resistance. Never. He doesn't negotiate with you. And so we have peace with God upon surrendering, that white flag of surrender. But then there's a peace of God. The peace of God. This is a tranquil a calmness, an unworried, relaxed feeling in the heart. This is what many are after, that, that, I want that. This means that you can have peace even when things seem to be turbulent around you, falling apart, chaotic. It's peace. And Jesus says, my peace I give you. Can you ever picture Jesus being frantic? or worried, or overwhelmed. And he says, my peace. Not, not as the world gives, not their kind of peace, but my peace I give you. So just imagine Jesus, all that he went through. Do you ever see him? Can you ever imagine him frantic, worried, or overwhelmed? That's a pretty solid peace. So if you're a worker facing an uncertain economy, God promises you peace. Well, I have peace usually, but not in this. No, in this. He promises you peace. If you're a parent facing decisions concerning your children or their future, God promises you peace, even in that. If you're a student worried about your midterms, God promises you peace. In every scenario, every circumstance, God promises you peace. This is a peace that Jesus is promising to his followers. Let me just say that you cannot have the peace of God without first having the peace with God. This isn't a peace from troubles. This is a peace despite them. J. Oswald Sanders said this, peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. See, the world can enjoy a false sense of peace. They think they have peace. They'll even say to you, I'm fine. I have peace. I don't need that Christianity. I don't need the Lord. I have peace. But see, I've heard their peace described this way. It's bliss ignorance. It's like this. You're not worried about what you don't know about. If you knew about it, you'd be worried. But they don't know about it. They're totally oblivious. They can't have peace. 
God doesn't give them peace. It's a false sense of peace that they can feel and only a false sense of peace. It's like this. If you violate our country's laws, then the law will come after you. You will not be at peace with our law. But if you were to flee and you were to say go to another country and find asylum, then you could live on the beach, you could kind of do whatever within their asylum rules, and there you go. You feel like, I have peace, I'm at peace, but you're not at peace. And you would only really know that if you came back to our country. If you came back to our country, then our country would arrest you again. And see, that's what it's like for the unbeliever. They try to turn their backs, they hang out on the beaches, they live the way they want to, and they go, I'm okay, I'm doing it my way. I'm at peace, I have peace. What they don't realize, the scripture says one day every knee will bow, every tongue confess, they will come back to the country. They'll stand before the Lord whom they turned their back on, tried to forget about, they will. And they'll realize what they had was not peace, but blissful ignorance. And that's it, nothing more. See, you cannot have real peace without peace with God first, because then he gives us peace despite the chaos, despite what's going on around us, despite sometimes our own mistakes. He will give us peace. Isaiah 48, 22 says this, there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. So Jesus says, I give you my peace, my peace I give to you. And then he says to them, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now in the Greek, in the original language, Jesus is actually telling them to stop something that had already started. It's not like, you know what, you'll have peace. Let not your heart be troubled, ever. It's not an ever statement, although it implies ever. But he's actually commanding them, hey, you're worried now, stop. Don't be worried. Don't be afraid. You see, the disciples are already starting to worry, and they are already starting to be afraid because troubles have been growing around them, animosity toward the Christ. We're going into Jerusalem. They're worried. And he's now said, I'm not going to be with you any longer. I'm going away. You're staying. You're going to be working, and our relationship's going to be totally different. And now he's telling them, My peace I give you. In fact, he starts off that way. I leave you. But I'm not going to leave you where you got to worry all the time. I'm going to give you supernatural peace. And you're going to need it. This tells us that though he gives peace, and because his word to them is stop worrying. Stop worrying. I'm going to give you a supernatural peace. This tells us there's two parts to the supernatural peace and that we have a part to play in it, that they have a part to play in it, and that is stop worrying. You're not going to have peace if you keep dwelling on things. You have control over that. Where your mind goes, what you always think about and draw in, and I'm going to think about this, oh, no, 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 what, and what if, and the what ifs. You got control over that. The scripture says, take every thought captive to obedience of Christ. You don't have to dwell on it. When it comes in, what can you do? You can pray, put it back at his feet, move on. If you have no control over it, leave it alone. Let it go. You can do that. You can. And you got to do that if you want to experience his peace. You cannot keep bringing in garbage and expect 
cleanness, purity, peace. You got to put the other stuff in his hands, not worry about those things and do the things that you're to do. Do the things that you can do and not worry because he will give you a supernatural peace. We do this and we walk in his peace by letting go. Understanding that the Lord has everything in his hands. But letting go. We've got to learn to let go. Pastor Troy will return soon with the second half of today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. If you're enjoying the teachings of Pastor Troy Neely and would like more information about this program, we invite you to visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. There you'll find an archive of previous messages from the verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the books of the Bible. We'd also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes as you'll be able to gain access to the latest teachings as soon as they're posted. That website again is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We're blessed to be a part of your life through the teachings of this program, and we pray you're blessed as you continue to tune in. Now, back to Pastor Troy with more of today's message. The biggest distraction of the enemy and one of the biggest tactics of the enemy is making you think you've got to do certain things to control certain things. And they're out of your control. So you try, but you can't do anything. The Lord says to leave those things in his hands. You see, peace is the supernatural effect upon a heart that is one in his will. You got to be in his will. Don't get distracted. You got to be doing what he wants. Focus on those things. And then you got to know that everything else that's out of your control, that he hasn't given you, that he maybe even takes away from you, you got to leave those things in his hands. I spoke to a pastor and, and his wife. His wife had stage four cancer, and she was, unless God did a miracle, you know, this was it. They're just living for comfort and living for whatever number of days that they had left. And yet to talk to them, and they were moving on. They had stepped down from ministry and were serving in another capacity now because they didn't feel like they were being helpful. They were more of a burden for the church. They started serving in another way toward cancer patients. And uh, just talking to them was humbling. Because they would say things like, man, God is so good to us. They say, you know, he's using us more now than ever before. At some point, we're all going to stand in his presence. We're all going to die of something anyway. I just happen to know what mine is. And I know a little bit more about the timetable. But the truth is, I mean, this is the fall. And this is God's plan, and I'm going to be redeemed, and I'm going to stand before him. They had such peace. It was powerful. See, very often, God is closer to you and builds your faith, prepares you for standing in his presence. Your faith is much more precious to him than gold, Scripture says. And sometimes he's even closer to you because of the storms. You may feel like you're in a storm right now, a possible surgery that you're facing and you don't know what the results are going to be, the death of a loved one, uncertainty about your future. You may be in a trial, a storm. Understand that Jesus knows about the storm and he cares. And if you'll stop the worrying about it and just 
let him remind you how in control he is. Then you can walk in his supernatural peace. It's when we dwell on things. It's when we worry. It's when we do all the what ifs that we begin to lose any peace. It was in the storm. The disciples didn't think they were going to survive. And it was in the storm that Jesus walked on the water. In fact, Peter himself walked on the waters until he got his eyes off of the Lord and on the waters and on the storm. And he began to sink. They went back to the boat. And then it was like Jesus, in his time, the storm was over and they were on the other side. Sometimes Jesus comes to you in the very things that you wish you could avoid. Sometimes the things you wish you could avoid, you want to avoid, you try to avoid, are the very things the Lord uses to show you things you never would have seen or known otherwise. Namely, that he's in control, and you're not, and it's okay. So there's peace in a troubled world. Verse 28, you have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Second, we can have peace in temporal waiting. In the time of waiting. Some of us hate waiting more than anything. I want answers now. I want it done now. You got a project, it's got to be done now. I will stay all night. Five o'clock the next day, I'm still working. I want to get it done. This is actually a slight rebuke from Jesus to them. He's saying, I've told you that I'm coming back. I'm going away and I'm coming back. There's an emphasis on that. And I'm coming back. And yet you guys are like, don't go. Oh no, we're falling apart. You should be glad I'm going back to the Father. I'm going somewhere better. But I'm coming back. You should rejoice in that rather than being so down that I'm going away. See, Jesus had left the glories of heaven to come to this place. Now, I know for us, we try to build our little heaven on earth, but there is no place here when you've tasted heaven that is like, yeah, I'd rather have this. It just doesn't happen. And so he is going back to heaven, the place we want to be. He had come down to this place where sin flourishes, where people doubt him. In that place of sin, they doubt God. (laughs) And where people would hate him, mock him, kill him. So, you know, for Jesus, this isn't the better place as far as he's concerned. But heaven is with his father. You would rejoice. I'm going there, man. I'm going, man, enjoy your time. When someone goes away, you're busy at work and someone goes away on vacation. I know we're like, hurry back. We need you here. But rather, we should go, hey, man, enjoy your vacation. Enjoy your time. But when we're selfish, hurry back. I don't know why you're getting a vacation. You take too many vacations. You know, we're worried about us. Here, now, this place. Jesus is saying, no, no, that's the wrong focus. You should rejoice, man. I'm going home. I'm going to the place that we want to go. That should be your emphasis. That should be your heart. When we lose loved ones who are believers... We should first be happy for them. Before we're sad for us, we should first be happy for them. Now, that doesn't take away the sting of, they're not here, I will miss them. But first and foremost, we should go, man, 
so glad that I don't have to go, well, they're just non-existent now. They're just dead. They just no longer exist. No, they exist. One day I'll be there with them. And I'm excited about that. See, when we understand this, there can be a peace for us even in the face of death. What do you think brought peace to the spouses of martyrs in times past or to the martyrs themselves when they faced death, this supernatural peace? It was knowing that God is in control and that heaven is their home. That's where they're going anyway. At some point, they would. At some point, I'm going to face this thing, this thing called death. One of our problems is that we hate waiting. We hate the lag time. We lose loved ones, and we want them here now. I want them in my life now. Or we pray for something. I want transformation, and I want you to do this. And we want our preferred answer now, not much later, especially years later. Lord, come on, years? I mean, Abraham had that desire. God promised me. And God gave him a lot of time between. And Abraham made some mistakes, bad decisions, impatient. In reality, when we pray, it could take several years. You know, God's ultimately only concerned, do they end up in heaven? Not that they got saved as soon as you prayed. There's a lot of work he does in a heart. And sometimes we are a hindrance and not a help in that process. So it could take years before God does certain things in certain hearts so that the real work can be accomplished, which is another reason we need to learn to let go. When God hasn't given us that thing and there is no joy at all coming from serving in that person's life or in that capacity, we've got to check our heart with the Lord and let go of the things that are not from the Lord. Verse 29, Jesus says, I've told you before it happens so that when it happens, you may believe. Another reason God does things his way on his timetable and not your way is because he wants you to understand he's in control. He's got it, not you. Let go. I've got it. And I'm going to do it at my pace, my way, so that you know it was me. Why? One, so that you know it's him. And two, so you might believe. Some of us, we act like we don't believe. God says, let go. We say, no. I've got to do this. Do you believe? Yep, but I'm not letting go. That's not believing. That's saying I'd like to believe, but I don't. But we've got to be willing to let go or you will have no peace. There is no other way. You've got to let God do it his way. And you've got to resign yourself. Remember we talked about the white flag of surrender? You've got to stop trying to get it to happen and work out your way. And you've got to learn to resign yourself. I, we, we have to learn to resign ourselves. This is what God has given. And so today I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. And I'm going to do it with all of my heart. I'll say about all of our events, hey, whether they're successful, lots of people, or not many show up, whatever we do, if we're going to do an event, let's enjoy it. Let's have fun. So one way we get peace in waiting is to look back at all the things that Jesus has predicted, all the things that the Scripture says. And for the Jews who are standing before Jesus, the disciples who are standing before Jesus, For them, is to look at all that Jesus had predicted concerning himself. He predicted he would be betrayed. They could look back and go, he was. He predicted that he'd be killed in the hands of leaders, and he was. He predicted he would raise again, and then they would see that, and he was. We can look back on the scriptures 
and know that, you know what? He's promised certain things. He has always been faithful. He's always good. And so I can have peace in the waiting. Thanks for joining us today on Building on the Solid Rock. We hope you've learned some new things today as Pastor Troy taught through the Gospel of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, please visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We also have an archive of previous messages available to you free of charge, ready to be listened to online or even downloaded and shared with friends and family. We're so blessed to be a part of your life in this way, and we'd love to hear how you've been impacted by Building on the Solid Rock. Feel free to send us an email at info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We love being able to connect with our listeners in this way, and your feedback helps us continue to build this ministry. Next time, Pastor Troy will share more from the book of John and express additional examples of how Jesus proved he was unlike any other man that ever lived. Join us then, right here on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come